0: On this week's edition of Saw Something Scary, we're going to do a live watch-along on one of the Jeff H. trailers. Uh, Mike Flanagan has a director's cut of Dr. Sleep that's out, and we go long for him on 2020's The Turning. And oh boy, that's not good for this year in horror. Saw Something Scary coming at you right after the break. Brewer, drop that beat. What's going on? Saw something scary. Derek Zhu, Jeff Wright, in the studio together again. Yeah, baby. I love it. It's always better this way than over the uh, over the
1: inner waves of Skype. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm just basking in the joy of your presence and some good pizza we just knocked down. Yes, sir. That's some good stuff. We did uh, also record a Patreon video for a movie that I thought was awful. So there is a little negative here, but your presence makes it the best possible version. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's nice for you to say. I uh, I got to be honest with
0: you. Uh, I, I think that we should go ahead. And, and let the people know what that patreon is uh, right. for those of you that have been wanting it forever we we finally reviewed midsummer and uh, <laughs> if uh, if you're a fan of, of myself or Jeff or collectively crapping on movies uh, and you want to listen to that go join patreon for three dollars a month and that'll get you that bonus episode and we would definitely appreciate it so that'll be up within the next couple days
1: absolutely sir and uh you know if you've been listening to the podcast very long i bet you know what to expect but uh i think we did a good job laying out our case buddy yeah i think it's worth the three bucks or whatever else yeah anybody else is paying as they support us in various different ways absolutely so let's uh let's kick it off man let's do
0: everyone's favorite part of the show jeff H trailers and Jeffy, I've got two trailers I want to talk to you about. And then we are going to watch along to The Boy 2.
1: Cannot wait. I'm
0: pretty excited about um, I know that we probably mentioned it in passing, but Greta and Hansel comes out uh, Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so Greta and Hansel, Hansel, whatever they're gonna call it, comes out on Friday. And uh, a long time ago, in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into dark wood in desperate search for food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. This sounds like a Star Wars premise. This ain't your grandmother's Hansel and Gretel
1: fool! <laughs>
0: so, what are the odds of you going to watch this movie
1: um this has I can't I can't believe this is what I'm doing here but it makes me a bad horror movie podcast host this is the movie that has the girl who played young Sophia Lillis Sophia Lillis thank you I could not remember her name I like that actress mm-hmm. I'll probably go watch this okay I've seen the trailer okay the fact that I'm here going on record saying I watched The Turning probably indicates that <laughs> I'm very willing to spend time and money on theater horror. Yeah. So, yeah, she's probably enough Wait, for me a minute, to get. Let back. me autocorrect
0: you real quick on garbage.
1: I mean, yeah. 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 You're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. She's, uh, worth the, she's worth the 650 for a matinee. Yes. Okay. Particularly, when I'm already paying it to AMC through their oh, yeah. stubs You've got or the, whatever.
0: That thing, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, do you know Alamo Draft House is coming out with one of theirs?
1: Ah, oh, Derek. I just signed up to be one of their beta. Ah, oh, Derek. Why you got to do that to me, man? It was going so well. Here's your knife back. <laughs> Frigger. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't get any major veins or nerves or arteries, so you should be <laughs> all right. You got me in the heart, man. Oh, oh Right in the heart. It. Sorry. Didn't know that part. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll go watch this movie. You
0: won't. I, I don't think so. Unless I don't I'm blame just you. Like, unless there's an itch that I scratched, but I, I don't think so. It looks like a mashup of Sabrina... Uh, like the newest Sabrina
1: and Robert Eggers The Witch and... The Witch is what? Like a lower quality version. Yeah, of this And also sort of like...
0: Did you ever see The Brothers Grimm with Heath Ledger and Matt Damon? <laughs> I didn't... I know of it. I never yeah, saw it. It also throws that situation into it too. So... And although I, I like all three of those things, I just... I don't have enough time, man. I don't have enough yeah. time to go watch that. Unless, you know, say you watch it, and you're like, dude, you got to go watch that so we can review it, then I'll I'll do it.
1: But. Yeah, we do something like 48 episodes a year. Yeah. You're going to end up watching this movie, because we're going to talk about it with this mic in between us yeah. at some point. You're, you're probably not <laughs> I don't mean to break your heart, but... Nah, it's
0: okay. And it's I'll a- be happy
1: to, like, rent it or something. It's just... Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try my
0: hardest to avoid doing things that... um I feel like we are a waste of my time this year. Mm. Uh, and and so it took a, a lot to get through the tourney, honestly. Um, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but it took a lot for me to not walk out of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I say all that to say that if it if it comes down to us reviewing the movie, sure, I'll watch it. But if it's like, hey, it's a random Saturday, let's go to the movies, I'm going to say that's probably not the one I'm going to watch.
1: Not even to the draft house? <sighs> well, if, if I'm already paying
0: money for it, then sure, yeah.
1: yeah, You know, because I'll also get like some treats and stuff. As part of there, yeah. You know, program in AMC. What they do is kick you in the pants when you <laughs> walk by the door. It's a perk. <laughs>
0: It's this water we got out of the toilet.
1: They they also put, you know, it's kind of a like an adventure quest. Mm-hmm. One showing out of the month, they turn the brightness all the way up to where it should be. And you just kind of hope that this time is that time is, when you're has, sitting
0: there. Has AMC rebranded itself as AMC Classic? Or is just the Highland 12 run down enough that they're like, we'll just call it Classic.
1: And that way people think it's antique. I never go to... AMC theaters. If I'm not in Cookeville, Tennessee, okay. But here's what my research has indicated: AMC Classic is a line within AMC's chain. Okay. And there are certain theaters that are like Prestige or Premier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Classic means we bought this from Carmike and we're not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. But classic theaters are supposed to have a lower price point on tickets. Gotcha. Uh, A friend of mine who lives out of town, which, you know, different market, Mm -hmm. their classic theater is cheaper than our theater. Okay. And their premium theater is the same price as our theater. Oh, wow. And so if I hadn't done this in a while, AMC, How I Love Thee, Let Me Count the Ways, that's what I'm doing right now. Not only do I have a terrible movie theater and, you know, bad experiences, but I also think they're price gouging us. And again, just for the record, because I know the management over there, this isn't management's problem because they were still there when Carmike was owning the theater and it was a better theater. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, AMC. Love you. Mean it. Okay. Well, that's fair. (laughs) I'm so aggravated. But I'm a movie junkie. And so they just get money from me every month. I'm part of the problem. How much is it? 20-something? Oh, okay. Um, That's not terrible. It's not terrible, but they are. Right. And so any dollar that goes into their coffers, yeah, I feel like I'm... I mean, this is the second time in, in today's marathon recording session where I'll say, I'm disappointed in me.
0: Yeah. Well... I get it. Got to watch them movies. That's true. All right. So anyway, that comes out Friday. Yeah. I'm going to go watch it. Okay. There you go. Um, The next one I've got for you is a trailer that I saw that I thought was uh, very interesting. So bring it to your attention. I don't know if it's necessarily a horror film, but I think it's a thriller. And I think that we can Mm. dive into those depths more often. Promising Young Woman is the name of it. And uh, the synopsis on it is this. A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against men who cross her path.
1: Okay, is I may have seen the trailer for this one somewhere. Is this the girl who goes to clubs, or, I mean, bars and pretends like she's drunk yep. and waits for a nice guy to take her home and date yep. rape her? Yep. You know how Quentin Tarantino is... She's was, Dexter. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a really good female adaptation of Dexter. Here's where I'm going with it. Quentin Tarantino got into this vein of movies where, like, this is how history should have worked. Mm-hmm. So you get Django where he's, like, mm-hmm. ta- attacking the racist slave owners. um, Inglorious Bastards Where the Nazis Get what's coming to them mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean mm-hmm. This This is a movie I think I could enjoy In that same vein yeah. Like I think this Probably doesn't play out And I certainly Am not advocating For homicide or anything Right but just the fact That scummy guys do that mm-hmm. Um, I could enjoy Living in a world Where they get What's coming to them
0: Yeah uh, It stars Carrie Mulligan Bo Burnham uh, Jennifer Coolidge Clancy Brown Christopher Mintz Place Molly Shannon Uh Adam Brody is in this thing, Allison Brie, Connie Britton. So, I mean, there's a smorgasbord. Yeah, there's a lot of talent there. And it already has an 8.4 on IMDb. Hmm. So, I guess, like, people have seen it
1: early and stuff. It comes out on April the 17th. Okay. I would probably check that one out, too. Yeah. I, you know, I just got insane. I would go see The Witch movie. That may be a red boxer for me, but I will see that movie at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna try to go out of my way to watch it. I've seen
0: that, I've seen that trailer twice now, I guess. And I saw the poster for it before I saw the trailer. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting poster. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Okay. So I'm
1: gonna try to. Well, maybe we could be like uh tag team on this. You go see that one. Tell me if I should. Okay. I'll go see the Sophia movie. Okay. And tell you if you should. Deal. Okay. All right.
0: All right, man. Let's, uh, let's fire this thing up. The Boy 2. Now, it's been in our Facebook group. We saw something scary. Uh, a couple different times, but I wanted to sit down and watch it with you and get your reaction
1: on it. Yeah, so guys, just the way the setup is here today, you're going to hear the audio from the trailer in the background. I can't really do anything to fix that for you, but uh, that also might be a good reason for you to watch along with us. So I went to the YouTubes and the trailer I have pulled up is labeled Brahms The Boy 2 Official Trailer 2020. Piece of information I didn't know, Derek. Katie Holmes. Yeah. So that's right there in the title. Right now. I just want you to know I'm going to watch this movie and I am going to read it as a uh, a symbolic commentary on her relationship with Tom Cruise. (laughs) so that's happening if I can if I can really get my stuff together I'll do an alternative commentary on the movie where I will explain pe- to people how this is a commentary on Tom Cruise's movie. you know what sir I'm, I'm here for it okay. okay well guys so again Brahms the boy 2 official trailer 2020 Katie Holmes the runtime on this one is 223 and Derek and I are gonna hit play and watch this together with you in five four three two one play oh yeah Jude, I'm home. Hey, Jude.
0: Yeah. Don't make it scary. Oh. oh. It's fun to be scared sometimes, huh?
1: Katie's not convinced it's fun to be scared. Uh-uh. It's just adult. She should listen to our podcast. Was that adult Zach Rash? Maybe think It was.
0: I understand that some of Jude's behaviors would be upsetting, but I urge you to find a place where he feels safe. I think it will be good for him. I also don't understand why Middle Easterners all have English accents
1: except for me. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I got ripped off. That's a dope house. Oh. You're yeah, missing a really good Wait, so the doll is calling out to him? Looks that way. I thought the doll was a proxy for the crazy guy. We'll back together. How'd you come over that?
0: He tells me all sorts of things. Okay. I just think it's all
1: of it This trailer has been nothing but Katie Holmes looking confused mm-hmm. and pensive. Pensive, yeah, that's the best word. She just tried to freak the doll out? Old strategy. God, thinks it's alive. <laughs> Oh, the eyes moved. I've never oh, seen that before crazy. in a doll movie. What do you talk
0: about? The other families he's friends
1: with. Wanna take the doll away from him? Yes. There's no website in the world where you can put a mold number in to yeah. find out the history of a doll. The boy had already butchered a teddy bear? Yeah. Yeah, this doll hadn't. This doll is not the problem now. No. Oh. Hello, mother. Whoa, exorcist stuff! <laughs> Dude, there. I mean, if I'm alive, there's no chance I'm missing that movie. I am 100% watching that movie the first day I can. Well, it's February the 21st, 2020. They straight up turned the doll into Annabelle. Annabelle, yeah. Oh, dude. And they added Katie Holmes for a touch of class. Right. And here we have it. For, for some toss Katie, what we need you to do in this scene. <laughs> I want you to look confused and pensive. Perfect. Oh, you're doing great. That's it. Let's do that 30 more times. Check the (laughs) gate. We're just going to redo that one every time. You're good. Now, here, this will be... Here's $15 million. This will be a stretch, but it's going to be the doll on the couch. We're going to put him in a scarf. What I need you to do is walk toward the doll, bend down, look confused and pensive. You good? You got your motivation? Could you ask the doll if that's a Burberry scarf? (laughs) Pull over. It's a cardigan. (laughs) Yeah man I'm I'm 100% in on this movie. Waka waka 100%. Okay. I can't wait to watch this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude that may be the comedic event of, of the year right yeah, there. It's going to be something. Ah, uh, we never went and reviewed The Fanatic. I'm now reminded. The last time we watched a trailer oh, together, dude. we might need to bump our... Have you
0: seen The Fanatic yet? No.
1: We need to bump maybe our uh, Patreon schedule. No. It's not a Patreon limit? No. Not no. even for comedy? I don't think so. Unless
0: we're going to do a watch-along with it, but I, I got to be honest with you, I don't think I could ever watch that movie. Again. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, man, I have it on my mind to it watch. It was midsummer Levels, but... Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. Well, not every idea is a winner. <laughs> Uh, anything else on the trailer thing? Because that was delightful.
0: Yeah, no, I just wanted you to watch. I just wanted to be in the
1: same room with you when you watch that. I am. I'm thankful for yeah, that. I'm yeah, thankful I, that
0: you've given me this gift. My pleasure. Thank Please. you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of
1: Jeff H. Trailers. I got two quick hitters for you in the world of. This week's horror Report. Yeah, slap in the face. I'm not sure which one to go with first. let's uh, let's start off with this. Mike Flanagan's three hour director cut of Dr. Sleep is now streaming. Okay? So, this comes courtesy of, I believe, Squires. Yep, Squires. I'm bloody disgusting. Uh, He found out, I guess, from Flanagan's Twitter. Brand new cut of the film is three hours long, so that's about 30 extra minutes of footage. Okay. Uh, Flanagan told Collider, Warner Brothers really let us do this right. It's a finished, complete, fully polished new cut of the movie. Mm. There's new material throughout the whole film. Some of it's brand new stuff that was never included in the theatrical cut. There's also a handful of extended or altered scenes as well. Carrying on, there are some big new scenes for sure. Don't want to spoil any of that. But I can say that there's new material throughout, including the final act at the Overlook. Some of my favorite stuff involved young Danny and Wendy, um, and will be familiar to fans of the book. There's also a fair amount of new stuff involving young Abra in the film's final act, learning about her shine and how it affects her parents. He also says this cut breaks the film up into chapters like a novel. Okay. So, do you ever remember a movie having the director's cut release... Concurrently or before the home release of the regular cut? No. That's weird, isn't it? Yes. Do you think that that is a product of this movie failing to meet fans' expectations? Or Flanagan convincing Warner Brothers that there's an even better version of the movie. So I don't think it. I don't think it failed to meet fan expectations as much as it did box office expectations. Sure, that's well, yeah, that's so right.
0: maybe that's their thing of being like, okay, look, if you enjoyed the first, or if you enjoyed the first cut, why don't you pay a little extra to watch this director's cut? Or if you didn't even bother with the original cut, why don't you try this director's cut first just to see if you like it? Just so it's a little more revenue in the old pocket, there, brother, brother.
1: Well, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. I'm just also considering this in light of it's actually something I'm not sure you or our listeners are paying attention to. But you know, there's this movement online to get the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League mm-hmm. released. And Warner Brothers has that too. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers has given no indication that they have any interest in releasing the Snyder cut. It's just weird that they would be so quick with the Flanagan cut Mm -hmm. and leave the Snyder cut in the can. Yeah. Am I wrong to think that's weird? No,
0: but I mean, it's also two different genres and two different types of things. So I I think that... Honestly, I don't know. I was going to say, I think that, that they may maybe trust Mike Flanagan a little bit more than they trust Snyder Snyder, yeah. at this point. But also, I mean, that DCEU should be your breadwinner. Yeah. So, why wouldn't you want to give people the Justice League cut of that if you think they're going to make a lot more money off of it? But also, like, Disney's going to hold up the
1: J.J. Abrams cut of... Star Wars. Yeah, Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. Well, your point about make the money, since you've already got the footage, Mm -hmm. has kind of been my take on the Snyder cut. I am not a Zack Snyder fan, but I want that cut released in part because I want to see the end of this idea that he's some kind of genius and would have made that movie some masterpiece. Yeah. Like, let's get it out there, get it on the record so we can see through the, you know, see the Emperor's not wearing any clothes. Yeah. But in this, just in the pragmatic sense of like, look, dude, you've got the sunk cost of the stuff being made. Let's put it out. Uh, I've been in favor of releasing it too and thought they would. I don't know. I'm just the juxtaposition is strange to me. And I, I'd like to be able to get into some boardroom and find out how they thought through that. But you know what? It's good news for me. I like the movie. I love the director. Uh, I'm ready to watch more of it. And yeah. if he thinks it's a better version, I'm very willing to trust him on that. Yeah. I'm excited to see what this
0: director's cut will bring us. And if there is some... I mean, we reviewed that movie, and we said that it was a good movie, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Or, well, it had flaws. I don't want to say that it wasn't great, but it, it had flaws to it. And maybe these, this is something that, that helps smooth those wrinkles out.
1: Yeah. It, whatever it... Whatever it is that Flanagan wants to put out, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. He, he's got a long way to go before I stop trusting him on his uh, his choices. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it is available right now on Voodoo.com okay. uh, for 19.99, and you get the original cut and the director's cut. With Sweet. It, so
1: you know, I'm tenfold hat on that stuff. I wait for the physical media to come out. And buy the one that includes the digital versions. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I've already had like Movies Anywhere clothes, and a couple other sites. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'll just have a physical print. But once we both get our hands on it, we need to compare notes.
0: Yeah. I'm more of a a digital person because not only um, do you have it there, but you can also download it. And, you know, and then that way, if you need to put it on like an external hard drive or anything like that, you can. Yeah.
1: It's
0: just, it's easier for me because I'm nomadic and I pick up and move all the time. So it's just easier to have it on those kind of
1: platforms. Well, even as a guy who is... A homeowner uh, And very much In the same place Every night I watch everything By streaming it Over the internet Even though the physical copy Is sitting back in my uh, In my bedroom Kind of archived So I get that Anyway Enough about my And your viewing habits (laughs) Other good news Derek you and I Have never reviewed John Carpenter's The Thing And that feels like a loss Yeah, that's something we should do, sir. There is a review in our archives of this movie where a friend of the podcast named Jared Moore came on, and we reviewed the movie... Uh, there's a spoiler at the beginning of the, or not spoiler, a kind of a warning at the beginning that that review was super Christian. If that makes sense. Like That's we right. looked at that movie as Christians going after the idea. So may not be everybody's cup of tea. I think we should give the, you know, the, the Jeff and Derek version of that sometime. Mm-hmm. And bringing that up, it'll be super Islamic this time. Super Islamic. <laughs> there's been some changes. We haven't let everybody know. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help but do. Um, I am currently listening to the novella that The Thing is based on. Okay. It's by a guy named John Robinson. No, John Campbell. And the novella is called Who Goes There? Okay. MacReady's there. You know, all the stuff you're kind of looking at is there. Okay. I like the novella better than the movie, and I really like the movie. Wow, okay. Okay, so high praise. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't start listening to that uh, because of this news, but in a happy coincidence, apparently... In 1938, uh, Campbell had published that Who Goes There uh, story. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the king, John Carpenter, would come along and make it into his movie masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. But eventually, someone going through Campbell's papers found that he had an expanded version of the story. Uh, I guess it had been published in 1938, but it had been kind of forgotten. Hmm. Okay, so there's a longer version out there. Well, Bloomhouse has reached out. And they have got the rights to adapt the longer version. Of course they do. Yeah, Bloomhouse, yeah. for sure. And so, Universe and Bloomhouse is going to work together and they're going to bring the, the longer version to the big screen. Okay. And I got to tell you, I'm here for it, man. Yeah. Uh,. I've encountered that thing a couple different ways in a couple hmm. different mediums, and I've liked both of them. Yeah. I'm just going to believe that I'm going to like more of the same. And you know, I think we've talked about this previously, but it's been a long time. Bloomhouse doesn't always get it right, but it seems like they always go at it with love and energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, they generally put out a film that I think, oh, these people love horror like I do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm quite happy to. Uh, quite happy to see this. I guess if anybody wants to track this down, the novel-length version of the story was released in 2018 through a Kickstarter, and it was retitled Frozen Hell. And you can order Frozen Hell from various book distributorships now. So if anybody wants to get ahead of this and read that book, which I may be one of you. Yeah. Throw Frozen Hell in your Google machine. Huh, cool. I'm interested in that. Yeah. So, some good news. It's not just that we're going to get to look forward to the boy part two. (laughs) We've got this sweet Flanagan uh, extended cut, and now an extended cut of Who Goes There and The Thing. Well, I'm on board. It's nice to have a cheery, happy horror reporter every now and then. Yeah, for sure, man. Because I mean, a lot of times we
0: we get down on um, stuff. So.
1: Mm, not us, man. We're, we're rays of sunshine. <laughs> that's true. We're basically the landscape of midsummer <laughs> in horror review podcast form.
0: Oh, uh, that's yeah. That's hey, man. That's a really great way of looking at it.
1: All right, man, that's the end of the Horror
0: Reporter for me. Okay. This has been this week's Horror Horror. Do you want to just go ahead and pull that string? Yeah, baby, let's talk about the turning. Ooh. Okay, now I want to start off with this. Um, <laughs> do you think, who put this out?
1: Somebody who had enough sense to grab Finn Wolfhard and, what's the actress's name? Brooklyn Prince, the little girl? No, no, the uh, the the nanny. Uh, Mackenzie Davis? Uh, Mackenzie Davis, yes. Someone who had, a, had them hooked up for this movie and thought, we better get this thing out really quick and dump it in February so that maybe it makes a little money.
0: Yeah. Do you know what else is coming out this year based on this same material?
1: I do. So, listener, if you're not aware, this is based on the Henry James novel. The Turning of the Screw, which, Derek, if memory serves, neither one of us have uh, have read that. No, sir. Um, And it's going to be handed over to our buddies over at Netflix... Also, for an adaptation, put in the capable hands of who, Derek Zoo? Mike P. Flanagan. And I Can't Wait. Yeah. This was his follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House. Right. This is his second installment of that called The Haunting of Bly Manor. And he's going to take sort of the same riffing on approach, I Mm -hmm. think, rather than trying to strictly adapt the novel. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping and trusting that what Flanagan does with this material... Is infinitely better. ...will wash the sour taste of this movie from my mind. Yeah.
0: Uh, So both were produced by Amblin Entertainment. So if you're Amblin, how do you do this? How do you say? oh, Okay, sure. We'll give this to a superior director with a longer um, with a longer runtime to like expand this universe and make this thing his own. But we're also going to put this movie out because we just put the Terminator and Finn Wolfhart in the movie.
1: Did you see her Terminator movie? I did. Was it good? I enjoyed it. Okay, I'll try and track it. Down. I think
0: I think it's a great companion piece to the first two. Okay, cool. And that's and they and they try to like erase those other timelines too. Okay, so you know that should have been the third movie. Okay. All right. Well, I'll watch it then. And I and I think that had it been the third movie, we would have been overly satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of now with a lot of diminishing returns, where you are like, oh, this is the seventh
1: Terminator movie. I think I'll pass. Gotcha. And Mackenzie Davis was good. She was. Yeah. I am sorry to take us on a sidebar. I just hadn't seen that movie and hadn't talked to anybody about yeah. no, it. Yeah. No.
0: I uh, I watched that. I had a double. I had a day off from the theater, and so I I did a double feature where I watched that and Doctor Sleep.
1: Mm. Okay. So it, was, it
0: was a good day at the theater.
1: You know that actually rings a bell. I might have known that. Yeah anyway that's a good question about why you do the theatrical review versus a release versus the Netflix expanded thing I mean they're, they're probably going to be very different properties yeah but I also don't get the sense that this movie was particularly strictly an adaptation of the turning of the screw no like I I think in the yeah in the turning of the screw, Quint and Mrs. Jessel are romantically involved for a prolonged period of time. Right. Rather than it being like a predatory thing. Right. Which, by the way, I I should have done this already, but we need to call Marky Mark. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, Wahlberg. What? No.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: All right, dude, you're here. You made your money. Now get out, Swing Talk.
1: Yeah. Wait till that next album, brother. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh. Uh yeah so
0: I and I'm just I'm just going off what I was reading about it last night after I watched the movie but yeah Quentin and Miss Jessel had a relationship something happens but at the in the no, in the novella um Finn Wolfhart's character what's his name Winston Miles Richie Rich Miles. yeah Miles dies
1: yes that's right and I think the novel opens with the idea that the protagonist woman is also dead and they're like looking through her papers mm-hmm. so. I don't know what... So I I guess I can understand the strategy that says we're going to do a strict adaptation for release through one medium, and then we'll let Flanagan put the Flanagan magic on an expanded version over here in this other one. Yeah. But I don't get doing two adaptations... That are departing from the novel. I, yeah, that's weird.
0: I could see Warner Brothers doing one and Amblin doing another. Doing yeah. another one, like I could see that. But having Amblin produce both and being like, yeah, let's just let's just make all the money. Yeah. I guess that's what it is ultimately. But this this movie hasn't
1: even recouped its cost yet. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it will. I doubt the it. cinema score is like an F. Yeah, and it's well earned. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Which by the way, shout out to Tony for trying to talk me into not watching this. Yeah, uh, I should have listened to you. I didn't.
0: Yeah. She really is kind of the Jiminy Cricket of, of this podcasting uniform.
1: Yeah. Universe, not uniform. universe. Whatever. Uniform. Yeah. Or just one
0: big garment. Sure. Probably uh, one big white garment going to Sweden.
1: <laughs> Can't get midsummer out of her. Collective uh, bile ducks. So... The only thing I can think of that compares to this is the idea they were going to release a, con- a continuation of the main Chucky storyline of Child's Play mm-hmm. that the original creator had, but then they were going to do the new adaptation that we got the movie version of last summer. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the same studio has rights to both. Yeah. And we've not seen the television or streaming adaptation come out, but... That's a pretty unique strategy. It is. Or at least I think it is. Maybe our listeners could tell me of something I'm forgetting about. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Well, I, yeah, but this movie shouldn't have been made. No. And they know it because they released it on, like, February 28th. I'm sorry, January 28th. January 24th. Okay, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> Today's the 28th. Really? Or 29th. Today's the 29th of January. I'm experiencing lost time again. Oh, yeah. Uh, Check your neck. Are you
1: bleeding? We might be in a different <laughs> reality. <laughs> They harvested my organs. Uh, Yeah, so this clearly is a movie that they knew was going to flop. Right. And so they dumped it in the cold of winter Mm -hmm. to, like, basically harvest money from people like me. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, So they knew they had a stinker on their hands. In, In some parts... I guess it's kind of like a Machiavellian positive strategy. Sure. See if we can turn two proper turn out two adaptations of one thing that we paid the rights for. But I, it's just hard to believe that this one's going to make enough money to justify even that.
0: Yeah. Well, also, hey, it's PG thirteen. It's the Dead of Winter. Let's let's give teenagers a movie that they can go watch and cuddle up to, or throw popcorn at the movie screen at.
1: Oh man! So that sets up something I wanted to tell you so perfectly. Everybody knows I hate trailers. Yeah. I had timed this movie to get there um, where basically the trailers were ending. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to watch a bunch. So I come into a pretty empty theater. Mm-hmm. It's like a fourth showing at, you know, small town theater. Nobody's in the auditorium. I scan my stuff going in. And I can tell, like, I've not done it perfectly because there's still a trailer on the screen. But I walk in and I look around the theater and everything to my right is empty. I turn my head to the left and... And there are two people in the theater, Mm -hmm. teenagers, Mm -hmm. clearly on a date, Mm -hmm. sitting right beside each other on the front like optimal row. Mm -hmm. And here came the creepy 38-year-old dude (laughs) to watch the horror movie by himself. (laughs) And I just felt so bad for them. Yeah. I I know where the acoustics are best in those theaters. So I moved like three rows above them Mm -hmm. and sat down. But I'm I'm sure that dude was like, come on. Exactly. Yeah. Just so frustrated with me because they were getting ready to have a private viewing experience. She was going to snuggle him up. Yeah. I I totally ruined every (laughs) bit of it. And I just felt so bad. At one point, she got up to go to the restroom and he turned around to make sure he knew where I was. <laughs> I watched it happen. I pretended like I didn't see him. I, I just, man, I, there's no way for me to communicate. I feel as bad about this as you do, although yeah. I'm not enraged, yeah. but I'm really sorry this happened. And it, it totally did. So, uh, yeah, whoever you are out there, I'm, my bad. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, so I watched this movie yesterday, and it seems like there were more people in the theater for my show than there <laughs> were yours. But uh, as a PSA to people, when there's less than 15 people in the movie theater, get your own freaking row. Uh, yeah okay. spread out cuz like i said i always sit in the very back of the theater just because that's
1: that's where i enjoy uh being is in the is on the very last row uh, row of the theater and it lets you look down on other people making out right oh wait that was just me that yeah. time to mess up that date sorry <laughs> yeah uh otherwise i probably just came back later on <laughs> um <laughs> But <laughs> I should have told him that. I should like, look guys, I'm just gonna step into the like little yeah. hallway area here that the ramp is on. y'all do whatever you need to do. I'm just gonna watch the movie from over here. Are we good with that? Whatever you guys need, yeah, it's I should have done that.
0: he needs a bluetooth. I guess you covered <laughs> um so I'm sitting there, and the movie's about to start, and it looked like a mother and daughter or uh, or maybe two teenage girls, I'm not real sure what it was, but anyway, they come through, they cut they cut across the aisle, and then they come up and they sit two seats away from me Ugh. on the last row. And all this chick is doing is just she's on her phone every ten minutes to where I'm like looking at her. And then I would look back at the movie, but I'm like, what you had there's mm. there was there was at least
1: six rows between me and the couple in front of me. Yeah. Why couldn't you have picked one of those rows? Well the phone the phone is a no-go unless you're sitting on the back row by yourself. Right. Because everybody else in the whole theater, if you sit anywhere else, is going to have to deal with the glare off right. your screen. Right. So I get that, like, she made the right move of coming back there. Sure. But once you see somebody's already back there, you're, I'm sorry. You it's just over. don't get to use your phone. Exactly. You slide it in your pocket. Or, like I said, go on the little divider wall on the ramp. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do over there. But that you can't be strobe a guy right. sitting a couple of seats over. That's yeah. ridiculous. And I, I almost moved, but then I was like,
0: no, I got here first. Sure. These heifers ought to move. <laughs> and they never did. And the so, move is
1: to move closer to them. So I'm just I, not that
0: so guy. So what, what I did is I just hit the hit the uh, menu button on my phone, turned my brightness on my screen all the way up, and just openly started texting with my phone to them. Nice. And they kept, like, looking, and I just kept being like,
1: what's up? <laughs> it's like a lightsaber battle. Yeah. <laughs> and I won. Yeah. I've been solo. Yeah. And I win. Uh, I'm sorry, man. That's terrible.
0: Yeah. So not only did this move. Suck, but my movie-going experience wasn't fun either.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. Ah, oh, it's okay. This movie didn't need any uh, additional barriers. No. So, where do you want to start on this? I feel like we've set the groundwork for how much we hate it, so let's let's dive in. Yeah. So, I think we actually have a different read on this movie, even okay. though I am with you and it's a bad movie. Okay. The, my frustrations with this movie are largely a product of the ending or lack thereof. Okay. This is not a good movie. Right. In any sense but this would pass as standard horror fodder fodder like I don't even know if it would rise to perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. but it would be in the ballpark yeah if the ending wasn't so awful okay is is my take on it okay. that's fair it. Uh, so you don't want to push back against that
0: I don't um, yeah. I accept it there are things that I that I found to just be infuriating about this movie that I think that once we get into it you'll agree with me on mm-hmm. but um, I, I agree that the ending of it is definitely the thing that makes you go, "Why did I sit here for the last ninety minutes and watch this Drek If that's if that's the payoff we're getting,
1: yeah. The the framing I would give the movie is that. It is exactly what that young couple came to see. Exactly. Until the ending, right? Mm -hmm. It's just something to get the willies Mm -hmm. and have an excuse to go snuggle up with your significant Mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. And it would have worked if the ending had been... Garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even call it an ending. Yeah. So, here's what I'm going to say about the movie. Okay. Okay. Just structurally, the casting was really well done. Okay, um, I have not really seen anything Mackenzie Davis is in that I remember, mm-hmm. but she did a pretty good like woman losing her mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn Wolfhard's really good, and I think that guy's got a bright future. I will push back on that. Okay, I I just feel like he plays the same thing in everything he does. Okay. So you don't think there was a big difference between this and like Richie? Not well, okay. So Richie,
0: yeah, but he always plays like the smart aleck. I'm smarter than you. I'm yeah. better
1: than you, teenager. And I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah, maybe he's typecast in that way, or maybe it's his, maybe it's his Chris Pratt thing. Yeah. You know, Chris Pratt's always like the lovable golden retriever dude, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tell you what, I liked about his performance here. I thought he did a good job of being an entitled jerk, mm-hmm. a guy who may be a sexual predator, mm-hmm. someone that I actually believed cared about his sister, mm-hmm. uh, and then a little boy who's afraid of a ghost. Okay, so you're right that like all, the unifying theme there is what you just described. Yeah, but he did like variations on the theme enough. He does have bright moments in this movie for me to go. Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, well done, sir. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. He does have bright spots in this in this movie. Where you're like, okay, that's what I wanted to see. And in a way that I. didn't expect there were a couple times in the movie where she's clearly I think in real life the actress is 32 Mackenzie Davis Sounds right. and he's younger I was like am I supposed to be thinking there's sexual tension here because there may be sexual tension here yeah which is hard enough to pull off I mean not from him he's a young dude I'm sure he's ready to have yeah uh, he's dripping with it the attention of anybody who'll give it to him but still just that there was something going on there beyond just her being afraid of him yeah um so anyway, well, well cast, well acted. I thought the housekeeper mm-hmm. did a really great, like, needling shrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was probably the best performance in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She had the most simplistic role.
0: I honestly, got thought that it was going to be revealed that she she was a ghost.
1: Yeah, that I would have totally believed that because she just looked like she had been with the family for generations. Yeah, she had raised the grandpa. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I thought she did a good job too. And and I don't have a lot to praise in this movie, but I
0: thought The okay. little girl was the best part of the whole movie. She's she's cute yeah and lovable yeah. and yeah but she also had to go to some places that you mm-hmm. don't expect five to six year old little girls to have to go to or seven or however old she
1: mm-hmm. is that's a good point
0: the the stuff uh, and well, we'll get there but um, just remind me that there's the most infuriating part of the movie I don't okay. want to talk about but you know when she, they're trying to get her to go outside the gates and she's just having all sorts of fits about it and then also how she turns on Kate at the end of the movie yeah like that's why is she crazy. Yeah, that's just not a that's not a turn you would expect from a small child actress like that.
1: He mm-hmm. does a really great job with it, and they do they do give her a lot of front loaded like be precocious and smarter than or more worldly aware than your time. Yeah, so yeah, I'll give you that. I hadn't really thought about it in that light, but sure. uh One criticism of the movie, maybe we can alternate. The pacing of this movie was ridiculously slow. Sure, and I get that they're going for like a British countryside manor feel, and I think we anticipate those kind of movies basically being Downton Abbey at this point, mm-hmm. where there's just lots of long, misty landscape mm-hmm. shots. It didn't serve this movie. You know, the, uh, the thing that stands out to me is by the time she goes down to the stable to try to find the girl the first time, we're just in that courtyard forever, and I just I wish somebody had hacked 20 minutes off the runtime of this movie. Mm-hmm. There's also some kind of filter that's laid over this movie. Mm-hmm. There's like a vintage Instagram filter. Mm. I didn't care for that either. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. Why is it mentioned that Kurt Cobain
0: died and then nothing else is ever mentioned about like the 90s or anything like...
1: Yeah, they, it was clearly kind of a movie set in no time. Yeah. Mrs. Jessel, when we see her at the beginning running away, she's driving like a 90-something Saturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people in high school had those. Uh, Mackenzie Davis's character drives like a Volvo from the seventies. Right. Everybody's dress doesn't really give away an era. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why Kurt Cobain had to be put in this, other than to tell us this isn't Victorian era. But yeah. we knew that. From Kate and her roommate. Like, right. These are clearly not Victorian women. Right. So, I mean, long way of me saying, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. It's just, it was just <laughs> weird that like, it was, it, I guess it's in there, for,
0: they thought world building, but there's no payoff. There's
1: no yeah.
0: anything else about it except, oh, here's some CDs or, you know, i got a house phone instead of the cell phone. Like, that's it. Yeah. It was just weird to be in there. Weird choice.
1: Yeah. I think there's a Kurt Cobain poster up in the kid's room. Plus, didn't Cobain die in, like, 95? Yeah. And i read somewhere where this was supposed to take place in 94. Oh. So... Why 95? Yeah. You get your crap right. It doesn't seem like you would even note that. Right. When they're riding around on horses on a private land, like, don't show me the cars and this could be set yeah. anytime. It's like It Follows. Yes. Like, 400%. do it that way. Yeah. You know, at least with It Follows, like they, were, they had
0: iPads and things, but then they also had like old time cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't know.
1: And their iPads didn't even look like iPads. Like, I yeah. remember like a cell phone or something would look like a clamshell. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, that is a curious choice. And I have no theories. Listener, if you got a theory, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, I think we're thinking about it more than they were. (laughs) Probably. So, plot-wise, you know, standard issue, fair. Old house, full of ghosts. Bad stuff happened here. Uh, New girl gets caught up in it. I mean, like, it's... Positive and negatively, it's stuff we've seen a thousand times. Like, this is why I'm like, apart from that terrible ending, there's no... This is unremarkable in a decent way and like, okay, go kill two hours watching a horror movie. It's so old hat. Yeah. But we'll be telling those kind of stories for the rest of time. Sure. Because haunted houses captivate us. So not everything can be like The Conjuring 2. Right. Or or definitely not. The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. yeah, I didn't care for it getting super rapey. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought that a lot of the rapey stuff could be implied. Yeah, without me having to hear the bed creak. Yeah, and the woman like struggle. Yeah, uh, I, I'm but not even. In- even then,
0: why did we put rape in this thing in the first place? Why does it have to go there?
1: Yeah, why do we have to see him choke her as he rapes her? Yeah, like. Again, all this stuff can be established very easily through reading a journal, which right. she did. Right. A story from the housekeeper, which we got. Right. Like all that stuff's still there. Right? Why do I need to have my nose rubbed in it? Yeah. Not not a fan. It's, yeah. And again, it just it felt like.
0: We've already mentioned this in another uh, recording today, but it felt like this was a story set up for moments and not a consistent story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a I've got a crazy cliffhanger of an ending that's going to make people wonder about it. Do mm-hmm. I need a story? Well, I just what I mean, this is yeah. just what I'm thinking. This is the pitch meeting, right? Uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Um, have you seen those by the way? I watched them after you yeah. reminded me. Oh, too. so good! Um, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, do I have a story for you? And it's all about the ending, and we'll just throw a bunch of old tropes around it, and we'll have a story. I mean, this is the this is the the thing we're getting some of the stuff from. So we'll just kind of throw some of that sprinkling in there. But this ending,
1: oh, that boy, ending, this ending She's... is gonna make people talk. It's gonna bring in the money. Uh, yeah, that, making people talk is tight. <laughs> <laughs> I I just really can't get the. I can't get my head around it. It just seemed like a bad choice. Uh, You know, the ghost leading the girl, the the new nanny, into the woods and letting her find her body in the pond and stuff. Like, again, stuff we've seen, but effective. Mm -hmm. It was not enhanced or affected in any way by knowing that she'd been raped and murdered. Right. Just as easily had the same emotions uh, being murdered than having to see the rapey stuff. Yeah, or even just being implied that, like... Yeah, so we said, like, if you really feel like that enhances the story, I don't know why you do. But give me that in, like, a journal or the reflection of the the commentary of the the shrew housekeeper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, none of that stuff is enhanced. Um... And then there was just dumb stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure at one point, Delilah the horse, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't like investigate this thoroughly, but I'm pretty sure at one point we see his junk. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can we just maybe get a female horse? Yeah. To be the female horse? Yeah. Also, you shouldn't put her in an English saddle. That's stupid. You
0: should put her in a riding saddle if you're going to learn how to ride on her.
1: This is a great commentary I did not expect. Freaking moron. So we need need a horse that is gender consistent. Right. And we need a saddle that is tasks consistent. Look at you man. Bringing I mean, the equestrian knowledge. I feel like English saddles
0: are for more like prepared equestrians.
1: Mm. Not,
0: I didn't learn on an English saddle.
1: Dear God. Not the charger. No. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and to our point about like the rapey stuff, we hear and get the implication that Finn's character is whipping the snot out of this horse. Right. But I never see the horse get hit. Yeah. Can I just get the implication that the woman was raped without having to watch it? Yeah. And listen to it. Uh, the other dumb stuff is there's no chance in any known universe that that young lady stays at that house after four days, right? And I, this is just when Finn, like when Finn kisses her, mm-hmm. she's out. Yeah, she's calling whatever union she's a part of and yeah. being like, "Hey, this happened. We need a legal strategy." Yeah, I'm getting as far away as I can. Absolutely. She, I mean, there's there's nothing that would keep her there. I don't yeah. care how cute the little girl is. Yeah, but plot reasons, yeah. I guess. Well, that's the same thing as why are all the why are all the lights in the house turned off? Why do we don't go in the East Wing? Yeah, is because even like the the rape room wasn't the East Wing. It was just I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and that's the thing. Like, why is every room she going
0: into this dim lit area? Why don't you have a flashlight? Why aren't you turning lights on? Why, are, why are these things happening? Like, that's what I kept asking myself is why, why are these things happening? Do they think that
1: I'm that stupid to not think of these reasons? Why did Quint make the doll's head turn back around after she moved it? Yeah. Um, why would you stay in a bedroom that, clearly this young man has access to. And you woke up to his hand on your face. Why would any, I mean, just try harder. Like it's not that hard to say she's in financial duress. She, you know, they were losing their apartment. She needed somewhere to live. There's all kinds of stuff. If she screws up the assignment one more time, she's out of her program. Yeah. It's just all right there. And it's not like this movie was trying to cut a new pattern. Right. It's already using a ton of stuff we've seen already. Yeah. Just, fill in with just make it smarter yeah the others or any of the other movies that do the exact same thing yeah uh, yeah. What, so what was the thing that infuriated you uh, why, why didn't we get a payoff on the girl not being able to
0: leave the grounds why was she gonna die why did she think she was gonna die
1: man I hadn't even thought about that yeah why did she? Why did she think? Every she time, was every time she, I don't want to die. I don't want to die.
0: I don't want to die. And then they leave, and of course, it's supposed to be in her in her mind that they leave. But still, like,
1: what was supposed to happen? Yeah, was she cursed to that Had place? Had Quint threatened her? Yeah. If so, why does Quint want her there? You know, Davis asks. I can't remember their names. Yeah. But Davis asked Wolfard's character how long till he hurts your sister? Right. Well, I mean, if he's a rapey ghost. A decade yeah. or more? Yeah. But maybe... Yeah, it's just a bunch of questions that... It's kind of my problem with Lost. You dump a bunch of these elements in, you, you have an obligation to pay off at least most of them. Sure. And they they didn't. I had forgotten about it, but you're right. Why doesn't she? Um, So... <sighs> I don't know what else then to talk about. Also, if the housekeeper
0: or the governor, whatever the lady is, Mrs. Cryptkeeper, if she knows, <laughs> what we'll sorry. If she knows that Quint is rapey, why is she doing more to protect not
1: only herself and the kids but the, the Mackenzie Davis's character? Why is she insisting they stay in the house? Yeah, I mean, are we supposed to understand that? Because eventually the ghost kills her, but I think the ghost kills her in Mackenzie's subconscious or whatever. yeah, flat yeah. uh, yeah. delusion. So, I mean, I guess it's not clear at this point, does Quint even exist as a ghost, or is it part of Mackenzie going crazy? I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. Because if she knows, yeah, if she knows it's a ghost. Also, did any of it happen? Yeah. See, that's where the end doesn't become more mysterious and intriguing. Because I feel like we saw ghostly Quint show up chasing Jessel when she tried to leave the property. Maybe that was supposed to be still alive, Quint. But anyway, it was confusing. So I guess then the last question is: Are we supposed to come away crystal clear that Mackenzie's character lost her mind? Mm-hmm. You think that's the case? I guess. See, so here's what I'm thinking. Well, but then what does the ending scene with the mom have to do with that?
0: Anyway, just another, just another reason to look like it's a scary movie. Yeah. So we start with the eye, yeah, right, and we we go in through the eye, and then we're on the character of Kate. Uh huh. So I'm just
1: wondering if this whole thing went in her head. So she's always been in the sanatorium with her mom. Yeah. So again, this is just where the ambiguity does. Maybe she's help. Miss Jessel. Maybe she's Miss chisholm maybe she's her mom you know maybe the idea is that when she looked at her crazy mom it was her own face looking back yeah. but they just muddy the water too much. no pun intended. so when we see her mom she's in an empty swimming pool doing art mm-hmm. in the sanitarium or whatever mm-hmm. by the end of the movie Kate's Kate I don't know if her name was Kate I'm pretty sure it's Kate Kate's bed from the Bly Manor was in the same empty pool. But if she's in a sanitarium, why would she have that elaborate, luxurious bed? Yeah. yeah and, yeah, I, it's just too muddy. To It's not muddy in a way that leaves me going, oh, here's my theory. Here's that theory. It's You hadn't given me enough information to even form a consistent theory. Right. And and I think that they were
0: trying to be edgy or trying to be cool by doing this ambiguous ending, but there's nothing to be ambiguous about because you don't have enough. Information. It's like one of those math problems that you had in school where you can't solve for X because you don't have enough information for the variable. Mm-hmm. Well, like this is this yeah. is
1: the this is the equivalent of that in movie form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they thought. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I can see a scenario where they're like, oh, this movie's terrible. Drop at the end of January. Yeah. But sometime before they decided to drop it in January, somebody had to get a look at the final cut. And unless they had just exhausted their budget and had no ability to shoot anything else, you have to immediately say, no, you've got to straighten this up. Yeah. You've got to add some more somewhere or redo that ending. And the way studios give notes, I I guess really my conclusion is this movie is a product of malpractice at the studio level. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, anyway. So, the director, Floria um, Sigismondi, has said that there will be different endings, and you'll see that on the extra footage of the DVD.
1: But here's the thing. Do you think I'm going to watch your DVD? Exactly.
0: That's what I'm, that's that's exactly where I was going with. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, no, no. Ahead, but but that's, that's the point. Who's going to watch this
1: movie and go, oh, there's more? I should watch the DVD. No. I mean, really, it, it'd be almost embarrassing to release this to home video at this point. Yeah. Maybe drop those on YouTube. And be done with it. Yeah. Uh, so, gun and, to your and head. ultimately, that's what's going to happen anyway. Is they're going to wind up
0: on YouTube. Sure. All that stuff usually does. Yeah. But.
1: Gun to your head. Would you pick a theory?
0: <sighs> a gun to my head. I'm going to go with she's Miss Jessel. Okay. She was, she knows these kids because she was traumatized by Quinn. Um, Maybe rape happened, maybe something that drove her insane. Mm -hmm. She got away and now they had, she went crazy and they locked her up in this insane asylum. Okay. And what, and Kate has manifested this character of Kate to try to recompense on what's happened with her actual self. Gotcha. She's like a coping mechanism. Yeah. And now when Kate turned around and looked at her mom, her mom was, non-existent and it was actually her looking at it her and realizing oh I'm Miss Jessel
1: gotcha okay well that's an interesting take that's more interesting what the movie delivered because
0: they did look similar yeah and you could tell that like I mean she had no problem finding those journals and knowing where they were and knowing yeah. exactly
1: what was happening And mm-hmm. so the ghostly rape scene would be her remembering as a like dissociative identity yeah thing. yeah that, that's workable I guess I'm just going to go into the idea of isolation driving a young woman who had inherited mental illness Mm -hmm. over the deep end and we have a moment of lucidity where she sees the way the kids actually respond to her clearly Mm -hmm. and they replay that line from the shrewd housekeeper that you're the only one terrorizing anyone here right and maybe that that little scene where she breaks the girl's doll Is the last moment of lucidity before she just falls entirely into psychosis. Yeah. And that's why we go into the eye, because now we're in her damaged psyche. Yeah. So...
0: Um, (laughs) Mackenzie Davis has a, has a a quote about the multiple endings says, I think the ending that we have is the one that is the most faithful to the novella. And it is the only one that feels like it works. Oh my gosh. The other ones felt like we were turning the source material into something else so much that it's like, well, then why do you need source material? And this feels like this is in the spirit of the novella.
1: Well... I mean, I wasn't going to buy the DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, but Madison has just talked me out of it entirely. Yeah. I think your question stands, though. That could be the title of this episode, The Turning. Yeah. Why do you need the source material?
0: Um, Another quote from the director. I wanted to surprise audiences. I wanted to give them something else. We know what's in the book. I also didn't want... When the novella was written, women went crazy and they were dangerous and they could hurt people. So I didn't want to make Kate into a monster. Okay. I just wanted to be more sympathetic to Kate and what she was dealing with in the outside world and how she wasn't being listened to and how that alone could drive you crazy.
1: She wasn't being listened to about the bratty
0: kid? I guess. I mean, that doesn't seem like a high stakes challenge. Well, from from everything. Like, no one
1: seemed to believe her at all about everything that was going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the aim is good, but boy, the execution is like... Right. Yikes. Oh, buddy, that's how that's I got on the old turning. Yeah. I felt like the turning of the screw happened in my back as I watched the ending of that movie. Uh, so here's more. Uh, so
0: I guess my theories are off. Okay. Um, the idea of this sort of toxic masculinity that she's seeing through Miles, and it's sort of passed down through this generational abuse, and putting her in the house and with the children who are kind, excuse me, who are kind of like the key that unlocks the Pan's box within Kate. Okay. So, so the last act you're in with Kate, and you are feeling what it feels to be her. By the way, who's speaking? This is the director. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and to fantasize about saving the kids and doing what she really wants to do, she just can't because of the things she's been through.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can I just... Can I ask what she's been through? Is it just that... So the things that I know she's been through, she has a mom who's obviously mentally ill, which is a thing. Yeah. But she's got a pretty well-established life beyond that when we first meet her. Then the other thing she's been through is this kid who's a jerk, like every kid that age basically is, as, you know, a guy who once was that age. And she thinks she sees ghosts. Yeah. I mean... Am I supposed to think every homeschooling mom I know is going to go crazy? Because they're dealing with that stuff, except for maybe the mentally ill mom. You know, I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like the challenges they gave her rise to the level of sufficient to break her psyche. Yeah. Unless, of course, we're just supposed to make much more out of the, the idea that mental illness is inherited. I guess that... Maybe. It's just not a good movie that lets you get more and more information and get more and more confused. You know, there wasn't enough information in the movie. The more that I hear the people who made it talk about it, the more confused I am. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bad sign. Somebody at the studio should have done something.
0: Yeah, man. And the more I read, like articles about the the ending and stuff the the less sense it makes yeah and, and it feels like that they're trying to to put you into oh this is how it's supposed to be well if you're looking at it that way then how come everyone else can't look at it that way like it just mm-hmm. ends like that's the thing that tony told me is she was like i was on the edge of my seat through most of this movie and then it just ends and you're just frustrated with the fact that you lost an hour and a half to nothing Exactly, and that's the thing about exactly. it. Exactly, if you want to give us a, if you want to give us an ambiguous ending, then you have to make you have to make stakes. Mm-hmm. There's no stakes in this movie. There's nothing that makes you sympathize. Like like why why did she why would she go insane? All we know is that she's a she's probably a mid-20s, college-educated girl who took this job. Her mom had some kind of breakdown. Her mom had some kind of breakdown. So what? Just because her mom had a breakdown? She like, can't handle... Mental illness runs in the family, so it's just genetic, and, and you're yeah. just going to get it. Like I hope
1: that that's not the case you know yeah and so and you would just need to indicate that there was some fragility on her part but like she's well put together yeah for most of the movie yeah she's the sanest person in the movie yeah and small things lead her towards madness
0: yeah very I understand seeing ghosts and things like that that's a heavy thing being isolated new place, right but again just like you said if you're any sane person without any stakes you leave on the third day yep I don't care what kind of stick a needle in my eye promise you made to some girl, mm-hmm. you'd leave.
1: Mm-hmm. What I think they probably thought they were doing is what they actually should have done. Give us two or three lines of credible possibility mm-hmm. and leave us wondering which one it played out. Yeah. But what they did is raise the possibility, not develop them, and then leave us holding an empty bag. Yeah. Am I talking about Lost? <laughs> how did how did the mom know the drawings of Quint? The address to send them yeah, to? Yeah,
0: like... None of it makes like, and she also calls her. She calls her at the house.
1: How does she get that phone number? Why does she call her and tell her she needs her? Yeah. Yeah. And that never pays off. Why is there a polar bear? Yeah. Sorry. I'm. uh, The streams are crossing. Why did that all end up in a church? (laughs) Yeah, this movie's just not good. It sucks. We wasted too much time watching it. We, you know. Probably the best thing for us to do here is to say the speculation at the end of this episode is exactly why this is not a good movie. Yeah, you should
0: stay but, away from it. But it's also exactly why this movie was made for things like this. So people can get talking, maybe to boost the DVD sales. Maybe they knew that the movie was going to be crap. And they're like, well, if we, if we dangle something in front of them, maybe they'll want to buy the DVD so they can see the multiple endings of the movie. Maybe try to figure out some kind of sense that it makes.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who that person is out there who wants that. But if you are, and you're listening to this, get in touch. Cause yeah. I'm not. I'm not belittling. I I really am curious what your relationship to this movie is. Also, are you a masochist? (laughs) For sure. For sure. This movie. (laughs) Another episode. The Turning. Needing a safe word. Yeah. Because I needed a safe word to get out of there. Yeah. Mine was Delilah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, buddy. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, we didn't say anything scary.
1: No. You know, I thought, again... Some of it was like run of the mill enough where he could have got there, mm-hmm. and particularly as a guy who's inclined to be generous, her stumbling around that room downstairs where she thought Finn was messing with her—that mm-hmm. could have been something. Yeah. But no, ultimately, all things considered, I did also, not see something. Did you
0: not feel like that she overreacts big time when she goes upstairs and like there he is? Like, wouldn't you have just been like, "Hey, are you? Have you been up here the whole time?" Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, "What." Like I was like, okay, maybe calm down a little bit. No wonder the crypt keeper's wife thinks
1: that you're insane because you're totally acting that way. You're right snapping, now. yeah. Or you're just like, oh, for sure, then it's a ghost and not this kid. Yeah. I need to leave the kid alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every
0: nothing made sense and everything was was made to fit their their narrative. Which is okay if you've got a good narrative. Yeah. Just don't do this to me when yeah. you don't have a good movie. Isn't it going to be hard to, like, fit all this in and make it look cohesive? Actually, it's going to be super easy. Barely an inconvenience.
1: <laughs> good reference, sir. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, what would you... Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you know what? A one. I'll give it a one.
0: I thought the kids did a good job. I thought uh, Nanny McPhee did a good job. I'll I'll join you. I'll go a one. one. I'll give you a one. But there is no reason this movie should have been made, and there's no reason
1: anyone should Mm -hmm. watch it. Yeah, I'm with you. So I'm with you. Yeah. Well, buddy, thanks for uh, thanks for hashing it out with me, though. Yeah. This is the best part of watching this movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Uh, if you have seen the movie and you'd like to add to the conversation, uh, you can do so. Go to our Facebook page, We Saw Something Scary, and use the hashtag The Turning, uh, that way that we know what you're talking about, and we can discuss it further uh, in those realms. Maybe you saw something that we didn't see, or maybe there's a theory that you would like to discuss with the rest of us. Feel free to do it there. Um, if you're liking what you're hearing from Jeff and I, do us a favor. Go to wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe, number one. That way, every time a new episode drops, you've got it fresh in your inbox. Uh, And then also, give us those coveted five-star reviews. It's five star season, and we need your help to get more ears listening to this podcast. So five stars is the way to do that. If you'd like to monetarily help with the podcast, you can join patreon.com forward slash Podcast, and you can join our Patreon group. Remember, Midsummer, for those of you that want to hear the review on it will only be a patreon uh, level podcast so go there find the right tier that you think will fit your needs and click that button and help us make the podcast the best that it can be he's it right jeff i'm at Derek zoo and we are out of time thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode we'll be back real real soon with another one but until then we ask you to stay away from clouds and sewers blind men with turkey basters and white people with teacups see you back here real real soon bye bye man